The future will be great, but today is just as incredible. It's time for you losers to meet Nissan's most advanced lineup. If you can't get enough adrenaline, there's the all-new 400-horsepower Nissan Z. Or for all your off-road adventures, check out the all-terrain Nissan Frontier. If you're more of a spontaneous road trip type of driver, hop in the Nissan Pathfinder. And for something more electric, like my personality, there's the all-new stylish Nissan Aria. So, let's enjoy the ride. 2023 Aria and Z not yet available for purchase. Expected availability this spring for 2023 Z and this fall for the 2023 Aria. I'm killing it, bitch. How long gone? I'm Chris Black, the Micro Machine Man, here with DJ Them Jeans, a.k.a. Jason Stewart, a.k.a. Big Bird. How you feeling? Micro Machine Man, One Minute Man, whatever you want to call Chris. <laughs> uh, I'm here. I'm chilling. I just got back from a nice little workout, made a nice little smoothie. Let's go. I put a little protein powder Ooh. mixed with the Ooh. peanut butter in the in the smoothie today. I went... I went for chunky peanut butter, just a straight up regular one. No almond butter. Almond butter's done. Are you saying that almond butter is for pussies? Is that kind of that's the vibe I'm getting from you? No, I, no, no, okay, not for okay. pussies. Not for okay. pussies. It's just not cool anymore. It's just we're going back to basics. There's so many things where you're like, oh, have you tried mm-hmm. kale salads before? And they're like, oh, this is pretty good, but like lettuce was good too so i'm going back to a bagged chopped romaine from ralph's <laughs> we don't have to is that i'm not saying okay. we have to do that i'm just saying oh okay i'm just okay, saying okay, okay. salad has existed for decades or hundreds of years i see being just fine I with the uh, with greens. please don't do please don't do 15 minutes on the history of salad i can't take it charles s salad the third back in <laughs> 1791 <laughs> obviously is the forefather of the food that we know and love as salad today, but no, nobody ate salad with kale until, you know, 10 years ago. No, I, I, and now I understand. I think people are kind of waking up. The same way people are just like, you know, frozen yogurt is cool, but like ice cream better. You know, I, this, this great Wall Street Journal article today by a former guest in front of the show, Lane Florsheim, mm-hmm. about how no one can go to a restaurant. Um, the best part of that is that everybody's you know, killing themselves to go to a restaurant to eat a piece of salmon and some spinach and some fries. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> well, not everyone, mainly just you. No, that's, but the restaurants in question, okay, well, we could do the Italian version of that if you want to talk about Carbone, but it's, it's the same <laughs> so idea. I didn't, I didn't, you know I I didn't mean? read the article, but is, is the, is the point? The, the best part of the article, <laughs> the best part of the article is Eric Repair being like, you just have to become a regular. <laughs> it's like, bitch, shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> Like, sure, I know that, but like, I think the 15 tables you hold for regulars that, that 99.9% of people, unfortunately, are not in the tax mm, bracket to, mm-hmm. to be a regular at your establishment, which is fine. I, I, you know, I love gatekeeping, so that's not a problem for me. So, so that's kind of like somebody complaining that, hey, I really want to go to this nightclub. And they're like, well, you can't really get in because you're not cool or famous enough. Exactly. But exactly. just do, just buy a bottle. Yeah, exactly. And be done exactly. With it. Yeah, exactly. Look. And they're like, well, I don't have thirty five hundred dollars to blow on a bottle of Tito's. And they're like, <laughs> yeah, tough well, luck, just, bitch. When when you just give us a call when you do. That's it's. I don't really know why we're still talking. That's the thing is that I love it, but I do think that that it's it's like a little bit of um. Yeah, it's it's a good it's a good story because it's something that obviously we talk about all the time. But I, I think that. In LA, at least, the, the clamoring for reservations are, is, is also for a simple kind of food. No one's 
killing themselves to eat tweezer food in 2022 is what I'm trying to say, Jason. Well, there are people who are doing that, but I, th- but I think you're right. To be, you know, to begin with, the the restaurants like the Michelin tweezer food places here in LA. Obviously, it's not super easy to get a table there, but it's much easier to get a table no, there, of course, of course, than some jack off martini and and steak frites kind of spot. Exactly. So you know, the world is ending, and all we want to do is you know sit down at 10 p.m. for some fries. You know, I guess it's the <laughs> it's the simple things in life. Um, but I'm you know. I'm Jason. We're in sicko mode getting ready for our big trip. We haven't had a show in a while, so it's a little bit, you know, it's it, we're getting our sea legs back. I don't know how you're feeling. I'm feeling a little stretched. I'm feeling, I mean, I'm feeling okay. I haven't had time to really think about it, but I've been putting some notes together, you know, working okay, on my good. Canadian material. Mm-hmm. I want to make sure that we do a good job for our ticket paying customers and make sure they get a good value. And I know that you feel the same way, Chris. Yeah, that makes one of us. I mean, I've got enough Toronto material saved up to do two hours by myself. Thank God I don't have to do that. So I, I'll be able to lean on you. And yeah, you can lean on me. Yeah, but we we touch down. We have a a Juno party to go to. What the what? What is that? The Junos, like the awards. Yeah, the Grammys. Yeah, we have a we have a thanks to a friend of the show Norman Wong. We have an invite to some sort of Juno's pre party. Oh shit! So hopefully, I'll finally get to meet Feist. Is she the only one who gets awards? Um, or Juno? I believe I it's her, Drake, Bieber, kind of the top three. Um, and then maybe Majid Jordan if they run out of other people. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm prepped. I mean, our, our, the merch is being delivered today. We have a nice Toronto exclusive for for our for our ticket purchasers. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we might even have a. Luckily, a, a friend of the show is in Toronto. On some other business, I think he might join us. Let's just say we have a stacked lineup full of straight white men ready to come into your town, Toronto. <laughs> That's right. Well, luckily, Toronto is, is um, you know, they're ready for that, I think. Speaking of the opposite of that, what's going on with my with my dear friend, Young Thug? It looks like Thug is going to be doing some Rico time, uh, thanks to the uh, the good people of Fulton <laughs> County. So I, 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 had heard the, I had heard the term Rico before, but I never really investigate it until yesterday and now i know what it means but it's if i feel like it has like a strong tie with atlanta i feel like atlanta people have kind of suffered the wrath of of the rico charge is that true or am i making that up i think a lot of i think that a lot of people have suffered the wrath of the rico charge i think that we only hear about it when it's rappers you know what i mean so maybe that's why it feels like atlanta has, has suffered more yeah i hear gun is going to get off friend of the show <laughs> jeff hendrickson was like where's robert we got ears to the streets where's robert kardashian when we need him <laughs> <laughs> so I don't, damn too soon i don't know who i don't know who's gonna represent i'm sure uh ysl has some great in-house uh attorneys uh <laughs> that can kind of get these guys out of this stuff different ysl not not hetty slaman we're talking about not eve st laurent the young other, yeah. stoner life exactly just, to, just exactly. to clear the record i'm sorry listeners we have we have a bunch of different style of listeners so some might have thought that was something else thanks for clarifying mm-hmm. our guest today was was hetty's muse yes and i am of course <laughs> mr pikachu himself's muse <laughs> young thug yeah he's written he's written a lot of songs about Jason. two muses one pod we'll see how it shakes yeah, out we'll see this is it. two silverbacks one cage uh so i mean i don't know man i don't think it bodes well i mean from what i understand from uh our legal analyst how long gone legal analyst decatur dan he's saying that mm-hmm. that gunna is going to be fine but thug is probably going to have to do some time yeah and that didn't mean i didn't mean to rhyme that even though this is a rap thing i, I apologize <laughs> this is a rap thing and that did not, did not fall on deaf ears chris well done mm-hmm. but i i, I learned i think the, the rico 
you know, if our listeners are also a little in the dark what that means exactly, because everyone on Twitter seems to just be saying the word Rico as if it's a thing that we all know and talk about. But it is funny that that it, it is funny that that's how it works. Like this is something that comes up once every five years when someone goes to prison. The same way when when COVID is invented by Bill Gates, we all have become masters of viral infection spreading mm-hmm. uh, data analysis and everything like that. We all we all know exactly what Rico charges. Who's the Dr. Fauci of Rico charges? <laughs> DJ Academics. <laughs> <laughs> we got to get DJ Academics on the podcast. He he should be our legal. Oh, hell no. He should be our legal analyst. It'll be a cold day in hell when I align personally with Why? Ack, Cause, as cause they he's, say. Because he's popular and good at his job. Fucking hater. Yeah, you know who else is? Fauci. You like him? No, I mean academics has a bigger twitch, so that's kind of why I like him more. And he dresses, <laughs> he dresses. You're, you're talking about the you're talking about the video streaming platform, and not like a nervous tick. That's right. I, I bet at this I bet at this point Fauci has a nervous tick from all the people that are after him. Okay, true social ass. Let's go get him. <laughs> um, but yeah, so the Rico was invented, I believe, to kind of get mafia people, organized crime folks, who kind of hide behind the fall guys and have somebody else take the case for him. You know, you're going to do a bid for, for fat Tony. And then when, mm-hmm. when, you know, when you get out, he'll make sure that, you know, he'll make good, mm-hmm. make sure your grandma's all set up, That's make right. sure your kids go to college, all that stuff. And they say, no, no, no. Even if, even if skinny Tony was just, you know, on the, on the group chat, he's going to get, <laughs> The skinny same Tony. murder charge that the that the trigger man will get. Not skinny Tony. So there's there's some some unfairness and some fairness to the Rico thing. Is it seems like it was a reaction to people who were able to sort of skirt the law for a long time. But it's also mm. uh, it's also a law that can be easily abused by the police. Have you been doing Have you been doing your little Kim Kardashian legal studying? You know, I did the same amount of work that Kim is doing, which is I checked out Black Twitter for 11 <laughs> minutes and I have a pretty good idea of what things are doing and how things are going. Jason Jason once again is doing the work. Uh his he's listening mm-hmm. and he's doing the work. We do have a guest today and I can't wait to to see it, what her her take on all this is. I'm sure she's gone to law school. You know, in her in her earlier years, she was a political activist, you know, breaking bread with some faves of yours like AOC and some other people. So, I know you you guys oh, will be excited to get into that. You mean you mean AOC served her a Negroni at a bar or you mean like during that era of her life or you're different saying different like, breaking bread, different oh, breaking okay, bread. Okay, okay, okay. Uh well, yeah, our guest today is uh Julia Cumming, um who is the the front woman and songwriter of a band called sunflower bean uh the new album head full of sugar came out last week it's quite good um i've had it for a while and it is available yeah, for it's pretty st- damn good streaming everywhere and julie and i actually met a while back at the famed uh azalea banks vegan uh dinner party mm. so i can't wait i can't wait to rehash that and ask why the fuck she was there because i i know that she probably would ask the same of me <laughs> yeah i mean I, w- I was that was probably the one activation of 2021 that I was the most jealous of. It's given us so much material and 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 talking points, you know, for a full year. This might be the closing chapter, but who knows? It could rear its ugly head again any time. I, I don't know what to expect. I'm ready for it. I'm ready for Azalea to step on me, Queen. I'm ready for <laughs> Azalea to um, whatever that people say in those situations where they want you to have somebody 
harm you physically mm-hmm. in a sexual manner. That's kind of where I'm at with with AB. Don't worry, we'll get we'll get some a fan. We'll buy a fan a pair of uh, Manolos at Holt Renfrew in Yorkville, and they can come step on you on stage. It won't be a problem to find somebody. It's to do not that. the same. Okay, I understand. All right, let's. I need Azalea to uh, <laughs> humiliate me sexually, not some fucking Canadian graphic designer, Chris. <laughs> Look, I don't know what you're into. You know a lot of graphic designer. You know more. I can't be topped by a bottom. You fucking idiot. You know you know more graphic designers than you do Azalea Banks. So I mean, I just I was just hedging my bet for now, Chris. For now. <laughs> All right, let's let's talk to let's talk to Julia before this goes south. I masturbate for the job I want, not for the job I have. <laughs> oh. Let's pay some bills. <laughs> Julia, thank you for joining us on How Long Gone. I know it's a stressful day for you. I'm glad that you could fit us into your extremely busy promotional schedule. Oh, my God. <laughs> so so it's press day over over there in the bean zone? Is that what's going on? It's a press day and rehearsal day because we're playing Webster Hall on uh, Thursday. I'm from the East Village, Alphabet City. It's like one of... I've played Webster Hall once before opening first of three. So it's kind of like a lifetime dream and you know we're sort of against the wall trying to get all of it done but that's how great things happen i think what a wonderful attitude julia i agree with you (laughs) i i understand and i'm glad to see that you're accomplishing your dreams and hopefully somebody else is going to be kind of lugging that ampeg up the stairs for you it's it's the the thing is that it's always me (laughs) it's always us carrying. (laughs) i'm not really sure like what the perception is of what we do or you know where where we're at but i carry amps every single day of my life that's that's (laughs) well i I think i think if you if you you don't really have you you guys are like a real band and you don't have kind of industry plant vibes no despite your previous career so i think when you have industry plant vibes you can be playing your first show and people assume that you're not carrying a uh, uh, even a microphone you just show up and daddy has it all set up you guys don't have that, but at some point, you know, this this new album is great and you guys are only going to grow more and more. And it's only a short matter of time until you'll have a very nice person carrying all of your gear for you. You know, I think with with music and and just like so many of these things, it's a it's so humbling, at least indie music, because it's is often so embarrassing and it's so regional. <laughs> you know, it's <laughs> How's the how's your career going, Julia? It's actually deeply embarrassing. Uh, it's you know it, it could be worse, but no, you mean that like when you show up to play a show on like a Tuesday night in Raleigh, it's it's not going to be New York. I mean, I've been playing music in in bands and in the city for I've I've played every like weird, strange situation and spot that you can imagine. But I remember we. We it was the first time we headlined Bowery Ballroom okay. and it was like one of the greatest nights of my life. And the next night we were booked to play at like Dartmouth at a like a frat house, but it was maybe for like it was for like, you know, fifteen hundred bucks. So we were like super excited. We were like, Oh my god, we played Bowery Ballroom, now we're gonna make fifteen hundred bucks. <laughs> and, you know, just the night after that we were in like this fratty living room with the doors open and like not one not one person in the entire house (laughs) those dartmouth boys huh yeah we actually stopped the set because it was just us and the and the you know engineer and there wasn't like any 
reason to play. I think there was like maybe a fight happened or some people were make, making out. Tyler was going to do a flip off the roof. So you guys kind of got bumped. <laughs> yeah, that's, that is exactly what happened. And I, re- I remember like holding on to that feeling. Cause I was like, you know what? Literally one night you're on what you perceive to be the top. The next night you're literally in the trash and that's just yeah you know if you don't realize that then you, you can't survive you know in this mm-hmm. in this space so being being an indie musician is like being in a toxic relationship every night you're in a different city and you're being gaslight <laughs> gaslit exactly. by the indie music world yes they build you up they break you down and then they're like, you want another 1500 to play a frat party? And you're like, yes. They're so hot. They're wearing all black. They might drive a motorcycle. And, you, and you're and you rocking up there and you're like, you know what? Indie music industry, I could change him. <laughs> you know, you're not. I would say, I would say being, being an indie musician does feel like a toxic relationship a lot of, a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. At least my relationship to it is toxic in the fact that I just won't quit. <laughs> it's like i really i really should have at some point but something you know i keep getting knocked down i keep getting up well i feel like look i feel like people want it from you it's not like you're screaming into the void you know what i mean there's people at the shows there's people like how long gone just clamoring to talk to you you know what i mean it's not like this is it's not like this is all in vain mm-hmm. you know because i've just been a part of it i've seen so many different kinds of changes and like eras in in the industry and the one that we're living in right now, which is like the hyper digital 15 second clip, um, like content era is, is one of, I would say it's my least favorite, you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I know, I, you know, we all, we feel the exact same way and we're like almost twice your age, probably, you know, like you're in your what, like early mid twenties or so, right? Yes. Yeah. So like the all you, you, you weren't even old enough to experience the real life before that so like you know we have an agent who's like you guys need to do some tiktoks and we're like man we're we're 40 yeah our agent our agent told us our agent told us to get on tiktok and i was just like no bro (laughs) yeah (laughs) and he didn't it seemed too psyched about that but he's like no at the conversion i'm like i'm sure all of that's true i believe (laughs) all of it is true i just can't care about that i just can't do it no i just have to say no well we hear a lot about the vibe shifts and i think there was a vibe because you mentioned like the 15 second clip is like the thing and like there was a vibe shift when it went from like music video to visualizer I think that was a that was a big one. Totally, and I, I will never know that era. And even as I've been through it, you know, you're right. Music videos are less powerful and useful than they've ever been, unless unless it's something that was meant in every single way to go viral. Yes, yes. Other otherwise, it's com- you know, it, it just has no weight. Yeah. So I'm like uh, exactly what they call a zillennial, which is like <laughs> I was born in, in 1996. Okay. They say 96 and 97 is like the the zillennial years. And I spent the first, you know, 10 years of, of my career trying to like fit in with millennials who like never just absolutely never like accepted mm-hmm. me. <laughs> We're sorry about that. All right, we apologize for our entire people, <laughs> our people. We want to apologize to you directly now since we have you. No, you know, well, it's like when when Bean started, you know, it was kind of like the exact end of like the blogosphere. You know, it was like the end of of that kind of power mm-hmm. because of this like TikTok algorithm 
randomizer factor. It's like all the power is in the people's hands, but all the power is really in the algorithm's hands. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm, I feel like I'm right in this spot where if I leaned on my older tendencies, I would try to ignore the whole thing. But because I'm right there, you know, I can't. Well, look, if you want some viral video ideas, you know, let us know. I mean, I, you know, I don't know. Unfortunately, Drake and Future are doing the kind of medieval thing that's coming out soon. So we're going to have to kind of table that on our end. But if you have any mm-hmm. other ideas, you know, we're open to that and we'd love to help. I have a good deep fake guy if you want to do a Kendrick <laughs> kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you want to do a deep fake thing, um, we can call the, the South Park guys and kind of get them on the horn. I think at this point, anything goes, you know, maybe like some you know, pies in the face or just literally anything. Yeah. Like, it, I like, it I like the matter. idea. I like the idea of you getting all dressed up and looking super cool and just getting pied. Yeah. I think that could really, that could really go somewhere. Well, you know, with the, t- with these TikToks, you have to have like eight things going at once. You would have to get pied with like weird makeup on <laughs> and cleavage and have like weird, <laughs> like weird, like music happening. And it would have to end in a weird place so that like nobody understood it. So they need to watch it again. It's like, it has to have boobs and humor and music and be like eight seconds. So you have been thinking about you, this. Yeah. Julia. You've done a lot of research. Oh yeah. I mean, if, I, if, if the entire podcast industry was, um, if the only strategy was, go viral every minute i think that you would too it doesn't matter what it doesn't matter what age that's a good point that's a good that's a good point. yeah i guess that that's a very interesting because we're in a we we create an art form or a media type that is is long form in a world where you know unless it's a marvel movie you're not going to you're not going to have a viral long form anything you know I, I mean maybe a book if you could consider a book going viral but and now you have like podcasts being booked at festivals that's right honey that's right i mean we we also sold out the bowery ballroom (laughs) (laughs) i know you sold you sold out bowery ballroom the festival thing is funny because we want to do more of it but but i don't think the promoters get it really and also i don't know if like i don't know who would be cool with us making fun of them because you know a lot of bands take themselves pretty seriously Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. like like the pitchfork crowd probably wouldn't like us too much. Oh, you know, I, we could win them over. Let's say the pitchfork crowd doesn't necessarily, they're not the most casual, open minded kind of easygoing crew. You know, it's not, you know, no, it's, uh, it's not, they're not like the parrot heads or like a fish concert or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't say it's always, I wouldn't, you know, say that it's like a, a good, good vibes all the time kind of uh, attitude. <laughs> This this these are words being told by someone who may have received a pitchfork review at, at some point in her life. Is that correct or no? I have. I've received a few. Did you okay. do? I, I'm gonna. I'm praying that you did better than Jack Harlow, who today got a 2.9. So just tell us that you did better than that. There is justice in the world. I have done better than that, but you know, I do think. I mean, ugh, I'm I'm saying so much stuff right now. I don't even care. We're we're only 12 minutes in, sweetheart. I know. I know. We're gonna go there. <laughs> I honestly think that getting a really bad score is really awesome. That means that you're like doing something. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? I think the worst thing, the worst thing that can happen is you get like middled out or ignored. Yeah. Yeah. Never, never be a tweener. I also think that the issue with a negative review is that they're more fun to write. <laughs> I mean, I think music journalism it's in a, such a tough spot because it's like the whole, all the finances of the entire industry imploded and the product became free. 
So writing, writing about it just isn't, doesn't, isn't financially, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's not a great field necessarily. So I feel like there's really kind of only a few of these like amazing writers left that like have a great year and also like have an open mind to like really see something. It's easy to like pay, Mm -hmm. you know, a kid out of college, nothing to write a slam piece, you know, because they want to write the piece and they, you know, they want to get it on their website or whatever. I don't know if you're the kind of person, if you're the kind of person who does stuff and makes stuff, you just, if you can't think about how every single person is going to feel about it that much. Absolutely. Do you subscribe to the post and ghost lifestyle? You do what you have to do and then you leave and you don't look at the comments or or try to interact with people. No, I look, I look at the comments. I see, I see a lot of what people say and the overwhelming majority especially sunflower bean fans are so nice julia my fans are also so nice tj heads you guys rock you guys are my number one sweeties chris not so much is that what i'm getting from you i guess a band is is different because it's like they they're like i don't know it's like more exciting they want to see you it's it's a whole it's a whole different thing i i think but overall you're saying it's positive i would the overwhelming majority of people that that interact with us, it's very positive. And if it's not positive, I just, I, I, you know, I truly don't care. I mean, maybe if I was <laughs> good, 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 very good. I think maybe if I was getting like hundreds of like horrible messages at a time, I think it would be worse. You know, maybe I would care then, but mm. uh, you know, but sunflower bean fans truly are extremely wholesome. And I think because we've, you know, especially like 22 and blue, when we put that out, I was 22 and it had a lot of that kind of like, young adult coming into your coming into yourself kind of thing and so for a lot of for a lot of people and a lot of girls especially they really connected with that and like that's you know getting to be a part of the fabric of like people's lives and kind of soundtrack that is super cool and just you know the fact that it's getting to i care about how people feel about the music i don't care about what writers who need credits Mm -hmm. you know want to say about it because we don't because we don't fit or i don't fit into a particular agenda or trend that's being pushed amen sister julie has lived a lot of life i feel like i I don't i I feel like you're you're a little bit wise beyond your years i think she did live a lot of life already that's why life keeps going and i don't know what it's gonna hold i'm kind of (laughs) scared well i mean so you so you said you're you're born in 96 how old were you when you were having lunch with with Slaman at American Rag. Uh I was 18 when I started when I started working with them. Shit. Damn, Shit. Bro. Were you less wise beyond your years at that age? Well, so I I just always wanted to be in band since I was like 4 years old. I just always like I had this weird kind of like feeling that that was what I should do. And the second that somebody asked me to be in a band, I joined it, even though I had never written a song, didn't know if I could sing, had no, you know, like I had no inclination. I wasn't like someone who was taught to do it. My parents just hoped that I would like be like vaguely normal and like (laughs) semi-happy. That's the name of your book. (laughs) So, Bull, your parents, your parents were musicians too, right? Yeah, they're musicians. Like, um, and they're like, "Don't do this! Don't do this!" I mean, they were like in (laughs) bands, but they didn't do it as their job. They're just very passionate, Mm -hmm. passionate listeners and fans and players. And you know, we just we talked about songwriting and stuff a lot. And 
we would just have music on a lot and kind of obsess over it. And so obsessing over it. You supported the arts in the coming household. Yeah. And so, so I joined my first band at 13 and um, you know, that was when I did, you know, we would do like little photo shoots. It was like a, it was like a super weird kind of psychedelic art project almost. And we were really about kids making art which is kind of a weird thing and, and girls making art. Kids should not make art. I know. I know. Right. <laughs> you uh, live and you learn. Let's not get them started down the wrong path. <laughs> let's not, let's not start that early. That's bad. That's bad. And stuff. so like with, with the modeling stuff, you know, it was never that kind of thing where, you know, you know, you, I feel like you hear these other stories of like, you know, girls who were like stunningly beautiful and like swept off the street and you know, like got signed. And I was sort of like hustling my ass around New York trying to get someone to sign me because I thought that that was a way that I could do music. You know, I saw other people around me do it. Mm-hmm. So I did, I did catalog modeling, you know, front, side, back, just kind of, I, you know, I'm, I did like $20 an hour stuff and you know and then when the YSL thing happened that that was like that that was a more sweeping off your feet moment but it definitely wasn't like um super casual and it it wasn't it wasn't easy it was definitely like part of how I saw being an artist in New York I thought that that would help me and then you know over the years it has become something that like it is it is an art form and it is like a kind of like a one person performance to the camera absolutely i agree especially the way he does it i feel like that's like maybe more so than other people yeah even when you're a natural it's still very difficult to do it requires a lot of talent and skill even though i i kind of saw it as 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 part of this thing i also like i really never liked it when people who were in modeling and in fashion like talk shit about it or pretended they didn't want to be there you know, and just kind of like, mm, kind of mm. had that weird attitude where it's like, yeah, whatever, this is all. And I was like, you know, like they're above it all. Yeah, that always makes me crazy. I've had so many friends who were like male models, and they're like embarrassed about it. And yeah. I'm like, bro, what's the problem here? Yeah, <laughs> like what? What's the? What's the? I don't. I don't understand what the downside is here. Chief. Yeah, it's like just be grateful for this moment in your life. And like, yeah, one thing I'm one thing I'm super grateful for is like, yeah, being around Hetty. I got to shoot with. Steven Mizell and work with Pat McGrath a bunch. And I've just like, yeah. I've had the chance to like be around literally like masters in their field. Yeah. That's as good as it, that's as good as it gets. Like that's like, as yeah. good as it gets. It's rare. Yeah. And when you're 18 years old and you get to see creative people who are like so powerful and free and like good at what they do, like just that it's kind of like a, a masterclass in being a creative person. So you know, yeah, I, I'm so like, I'm so grateful for my experiences in fashion. And I think I'm a lucky one because I always, you know, had other stuff that I was working on. I yeah, you had something else to do. You didn't just want the free black clothes. You know what I mean? You were able to, you had, you had, a, you had an exit strategy. <laughs> you know, modeling especially can be, it can be super hard on the girls and it can be super dangerous. And I think because I, I had this other stuff, you know, it's like, people weren't going to try to put me in danger, I think, because they thought that I would say something or had like more of a platform, you know? So, so it's hard for me to say like, you had, yeah, yeah. You had an outlet. Modeling is perfect. And, you know, when Mm, it's mm. for a lot of girls who are making money to send back home and do stuff like that, it's a very, very different story. But, you know, there are groups like the Model Alliance and even like what Diet Prada does, you know, like the pat, the shift in the past, like five years towards, 
creativity and individuality and body positivity and all this stuff is like, it's a, it's a real change. I've been like shooting again and the way that people treat me or treat models now, you feel, you feel, you feel a difference. Oh my God. It's like night and day. It is like, it is a, it's like a, almost a different thing completely. An awakening. I have my bones to pick with diet Prada for other reasons, but I think that the, I think that <laughs> whether it's for the right reason or the wrong reason, people are, people are like doing, doing the right thing because they're afraid. Totally. You know what totally. I mean? Either they're, either they're, I, I, I think it's I think it's rare that someone uh, someone's eyes have been opened and they've made like a big shift. But I think they're like, I have to do this the right way because it's not worth my life ending. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so it's better for everybody. Totally. And, and you know, a lot of these the, the ways that these changes happen are, you know, pretty often imperfect. But, you know, for many of the, the first years of my career, you know, I feel like I, I felt very um you know, felt very separated from my body. You know, there was like the, there's the, my body that changed in the corner and was naked and everybody looked at, there wasn't even a place to change. And, mm. you know, you throw this on and everybody sees you and you just, mm. there was like, a, you know, there was that. And then there was me. And now, you know, everybody cares. Everybody, you know, they treat you like a person. It, it is very different. Mm-hmm. You're not, you're not, you're not looked at like a, like a hanger or, you know, a mannequin. Yeah. It's a little more humanized. Yeah. You're, yeah. That makes sense. Was there like a thing that happened or is it just a gradual thing over the last couple of years? I think it's a really gradual thing that has been like fought for by a lot of different creatives in fashion and, you know, definitely by social media and more people having voices. And I think, you know, also by, by a lot of, you know, creating like visibility for different models. And, you know, if I think it actually has really, you know, shifted people's tastes, you know, people don't just want to see just a pretty face, you know, they want a story, they want they want an individual because they can, that's more relatable. And I think that that shift is really good. And like, it's, it's weird. When I started modeling, that was like kind of the very end, like within those seasons was when people started having all these conversations about, look, like the runways are too white. Mm-hmm. And that was a hundred per- that needed to change. And it had to be changed through a lot of, a lot of talking and a lot of visibility on that issue have you noticed there's just there's a lot more women working on set now as well or was it always kind of well balanced i mean there's a lot of women i there i feel like there's always been women working in fashion there's it's i feel like there's in music i think that's still um yeah that we still have a long ways to go there but there's a lot of great gals in fashion great gals i couldn't agree more and jason doesn't like to change in public either so I'm glad that I'm glad that you kind of brought that up. He's he's feeling I'll do he, it, but I don't love it. He's feeling it. represented right now, and I, I think that's important for him. <laughs> it depends on the, it depends on the designer. Yeah, of course. It, yeah, it's it's something. If it's something he feels good in and sexy in, it's not a problem for him. I've seen him suffer through some stuff in our time together. It's, it hasn't been great. I had, a, I had a question about the about the band name. Is there a, a difference between a sunflower? bean and a sunflower seed a sunflower bean doesn't exist okay i I have to honestly say that i did i did join the band i didn't name the band oh so you have have some notes you have some notes i have some notes i don't i don't know if i i don't know if i would have picked it but what i can say is like the first time that nick and i um like really spoke i think we were do you remember that do you remember that bar alaska 
off off Morgan. Oh yes, yes, yes. I I didn't go there, but I'm familiar. Yeah, that's all one can. <laughs> that's all one can say about that. It was. I mean, you know, <laughs> it was like a pitch black room where like you know dreams went to die <laughs> you know so so a good place to do coke and all the bad things that come along with it you know i mean it was it was so funny in there because it was pitch black and i remember there was like uh, you know there was picture frames with nothing in them like a black room with a picture frame <laughs> damn damn that's, that's, wall. that's not great it feels like one of those restaurants where all the servers are blind and it's in it's in pitch black <laughs> and they gotta go ninja mode you know what i absolutely <laughs> loved alaska and i feel like i can talk shit about it because i went there a lot and a lot of you know yes. but um but I think Nick and I, I think we ch- either we were in there or we tried to get in there and couldn't get in there because we were like 17 and he was maybe 18. And um, as I was leaving, it was like the first time we talked, he was like, by the way, I'm starting this band. It's called Sunflower Bean. And I had this feeling inside of me where I was like, oh, fuck, <laughs> I'm 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 gonna join this band and it's a, it's gonna become my whole life. Really? I knew you it. Knew. It was love it. It yeah, was love at first sight. So what kind of Molly was this? <laughs> I was I was completely I was completely sober. Oh come on. In this in this moment in time. Okay, so th- so you've always had kind of this spiritual musical connection. You said like when you're four, you're like I'm just I just know I'm gonna be in a band, whatever it is. I don't know why, I don't know how, but that's just it 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 it, it, it shall be. Mm-hmm. Not a lot of people have that. It's a, it's a very kind of sink or swim sort of like jump in and see what happens mentality that has absolutely caused as much harm in my life as it's caused <laughs> positive experiences. The the fuck around and find out mentality. <laughs> you you did find out a couple things in, that weren't great. Yeah, I would I would not recommend it. But I think if you are this way, that there's not that much you can do about it besides try to generally get more sensical and logical as time goes on. But you know, I do I I, I have to you know try to be true to my instincts and i mean most of my life has just been thinking of stuff and trying to do it and seeing what happens and it's it's been a, a really wild journey that I, I don't you know i don't want to get off but it but that's also isn't that kind of what everyone has to go like every band every actor every whatever you do has to go through just kind of years of shit and hard work and humiliation and all those things because when you when you know when it finally hits and you're selling out shows and you're doing what you love for a living then it's just that much sweeter yeah well i feel like that's kind of what we were saying in the beginning you know it's like if you if you don't love the shit too then you're not cut out for it you know like if you if you can't find a way to love carrying amps and you know playing <laughs> yeah yeah playing this, this ain't for you playing chief. tiny towns and being embarrassed or you know play you know just yeah if you can't find a, a, a relationship to it right then there's no reason for you to do it but if you can then you're probably one of the people crazy enough to do it you know i feel the same way about the stand-up community as well julia i'm sure you do too <laughs> oh my god yeah i mean the stand-up community is like I, I feel like that would be the like one of the hardest things ever i can't even imagine talk about being embarrassed yeah you know that's really top top embarrassment i top tier i want to talk to you i want to talk to you about the east village since you're an east village queen and i live there and and still live there like you know for 
for 15, 14 years or something at this point. Mm-hmm. I just want to know what your haunts are. Like, what are your number ones? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I want you to, I, I feel like you might know some shit that I don't know. Dry cleaners, film developing spots, you know, all the shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All the important stuff. All the important stuff. I mean, yeah, when I was growing up, it was very different than um, it is now. In 2008, it kind of became like this like yuppie haven i guess now now you're speaking my language you know so yeah this sounds this sounds right up my alley Some, a lot of day trader dick up in there <laughs> i would i would say more like just graduated from nyu but still kind of want to be in a dorm mm. sort of like beer parties <laughs> beer parties no sure do you guys know any good beer parties tonight <laughs> you, yeah. i like julia you sound like a cop i heard there's a beer party <laughs> happening over here you guys are you guys can i come hopefully the word the term beer parties can encapsulate what you would imagine like totally. the lamest group of people ever <laughs> oh it does you no, it know does. like just sort of like and sidetown is like so like kind of cavernous so you like you can hear all of their like lame screams like just like ricocheting <laughs> off all the buildings <laughs> they're so excited to like be in new york and they like feel like they're really doing something in these buildings i'm just like a crotchety old you're a fran Leibowitz looking motherfucker aren't yeah, you fran Leibowitz yeah. of sty town over here with a guitar it's it's really oh something. my god get off my lawn you kids <laughs> exactly they, they, they throw one of their beer pong balls into your yard and you say i'm keeping it i'm keeping it tyler yeah i I would and i do and you know what i will you know what i will say here's what really being i feel like a new yorker is or being in the east village i look like shit 90 percent of the time if you see me from the hours of 8 p.m or i mean no like 8 a.m to 4 p.m if you see me like you did not see me okay that wasn't me okay like that wasn't there because usually i have like crazy hair whatever sunglasses i could find like pajama pants i'm going to get coffee i might be going to mcdonald's i don't want to be just a nasty motherfucker you don't give a shit yeah and then you know as the day it's just funny because everyone's like what's your what you know what's your style and i'm like i'm about i'm homeless until i have to be like seen by somebody you're like <laughs> I, it's either it's either like shit or full on it's it's like i'm yeah. ready so do or they do they let you into equinox looking like that or how does this work <laughs> you have a grandfathered in past shout out to my friends at equinox no i don't <laughs> I don't go to Equinox. My my exercising is uh, having stressed out phone calls and like walking in the Sty Town circle for like four and a half hours. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Follow up question: What's your brand of cigarette then? Uh, cam- Camel Blue. <laughs> oh, she down bad. The blues. Well, you know, you know, you know why? Because when I first ever had you know started smoking, I felt like I was too embarrassed to say Marlboro. Because I felt like I would fuck it up, and then they wouldn't sell me that's the cigarettes. So that's how I started smoking Camel Blues. Oh, you're like, wow. what's the easiest cig to pronounce for a young person, for an underage person? Yeah, Marlboro's tough. Yeah, and, and lucky for you, Camel Blue, the official cigarette of people who kind of pace in a circle as they have conversations. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Worked out well. A little serendipity. Yeah, it's a pacing cigarette for sure. It goes fast. <laughs> for the pacer in your family. <laughs> what club? What clubs were you going to in high school? Um, in high school, I was going to. I mean, I was going everywhere, but a lot. I mean, mostly DIY spots. I was often at you know 
285 Kent. I was on that block. I was at DBA. Oh wow! So you were you were taking the you were taking the train to the shitholes over the over the bridge. If it was a shithole, I was there. <laughs> 285 Kent. 285 Kent was a little down market for me, mm. but I did unfortunately have to go there a few times. Uh, but when you, I, you know, Jason and I both grew up going to like hardcore shows, so I've been in a lot of shitty places yeah. to see music. So it was better than that. You know what I mean? It was better than that. What it's I experienced. Good, it's good school. for your formative years, but as you get a little older, you know, you kind of age out of the smells like pee pee kind of spots, you know? But <laughs> yeah, it's the, good. Totally. I mean, music never sounds better than at a truly shitty place mm-hmm. you know i feel like you can i feel like you can pretend that like all these bars that like yeah, yeah like these venues are nice and stuff and like having the op you know drink options and like <laughs> feeling vaguely normal is like nice but we all know that's not where your most like pivotal music experiences happen you're absolutely mm-hmm. right yeah no one's gonna have their life changed at brooklyn steel that's for sure no no <laughs> yeah I, yeah sure. if if the if they give you all of the stuff on your rider the show is gonna sound like shit yes <laughs> yeah, exactly yes. Yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> that's I, I think you might be right though but that era of those i mean i i don't think any of that stuff can really exist in new york anymore am i wrong well you know i think it it does in ways i mean i think in the past few years there's like more of these kind of like secret e-venues that you have to like get the name of or they have to like survive in like different yeah. ways it definitely can't be can't be you know the way that it was and and that is really sad but what i hope and and what i think is true is that there's still like this culture that i'm just not super i'm not as connected to anymore because like my life and my band and what we were what we were trying to do changed but i believe that it's there i'm just i'm just not there i that's true i mean i always i think about that with hardcore because i'm like i can't listen to this shit anymore it makes me feel insane but then I see that it's still happening. There's like big shows and there's all this shit. I'm like, oh, so this still happens and people still go. It's just I'm older now and have different priorities. It's like that's what happens. Totally. And it, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't change how much I love them. Did you, do you remember that? Do you ever go to that venue, Big Snow Buffalo Lodge? Do you remember that one? Whoa. No, no. Great name though. I'm intrigued. No, I did not go there. A little wordy, but I'm, I'm down to hear more. It was so good. And, <laughs> And they used to serve shots in like those little cups that you would get from the dentist. Yes, yes, of course. Yeah, of course. Yeah, the the, the shitty plastic cups for mouthwash is what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. yeah like, like t- yeah, little mouthwash cups. And I remember the guy, I can't remember his name. He went on to do like, went on to do real estate, Brooklyn, like real estate actually at, at this cool little company. I love it. But he, he, he got shot outside of the venue and he lived, obviously. Love it less. That was why he... Obviously, you know, he was like, uh, I don't think people are going to want to go here anymore since I <laughs> yeah, got shot. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, <laughs> and you're like, way to make everything about you. <laughs> I was like, you, I was really, really sad for a while. I was like, you can't close down the venue. I'll still go. I want to go. <laughs> Just because you got shot doesn't mean you can close. He's in the, he's in the hospital. He throws you the keys. You fucking do it then. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> All right, you, that's. <laughs> Damn, I didn't know it was like that. I mean, how deep in Brooklyn are we talking? Jesus Christ. You know, it was it was early it was early Bushwick. Yeah. You know, I was at I was at 
I got mugged, you know, going to Shea Stadium, trying to go to a show that where doors were at 1 a.m., you know, when I was like six, when I was 16, Damn, stuff like that. I was, I was just, I was just out there at the show, you know? In New York, that stuff is, is so much more extreme, I feel like, than like our experience. Just like, yeah, I would drive to the city and park my car and go, you know what I mean? There was no risk involved in what I was doing. Mm. You know, you were in a, like a, a bad neighborhood, but no one's going to mug me. That's for sure. Jason, I don't know. Jason might have gotten stuck up before. Chris is much more likely to be mugged now just by the way he kind of looks. That's true. He's, yeah. He's, <laughs> she's sort of asking for it. Begging. Begging Our for listeners it. can agree. But no, I never really had too much trouble. I mean, you know, like someone's car get broken into or you might get a little. Yeah, of course. Hey, let me have that. You, you lived through it. And Julia, also on this program, we like to talk to musicians about... Um, making money via sinks and licensing. Mm -hmm. So I would love to hear some stories about how you either made a lot of money or or turned down a lot of money. If you could share those with us, that would be great. Sure. Well, I mean, up (laughs) up until recently, I (laughs) couldn't say that uh, there was much uh, very exciting happenings for me in that field, although I I really wanted there to be. Sure. Me, no, make money. I honestly, I I felt like I had sort of, I was starting to believe that that was kind of like a sort of like a fantasy that, you know, or almost like a, Mm -hmm. you know, thing where they're like... It was mythology from days of yore. That stuff doesn't happen to people anymore. But so I'll, I'll tell you something interesting. So we wrote this song a few years ago. It's the only... Uh, what I would say, like happy song I ever I ever wrote, and it's called uh, it's called Moment in the Sun, and we wrote it in L.A. when we were you know just like on the, you know after a tour, and we were like writing and working with people, and it's just this little demo, and I kind of never thought anything would happen with it, and our label really really wanted us to put it out, and we we didn't exactly it just we didn't know where it fit in or like what was going to happen with it, and then the pandemic happened. And it was the only, it ended up being like the only sort of like sort of usable music that we had recorded and the label still really Mm. wanted us to do it. And our friend Jacob Portrait, who we did the record with, you know, basically produced the original demo and we put it out, you know, and like my friend from high school was in the video and it was just like this thing. It happened two years ago and like, it was fine, you know, nothing like. Major happened. It was fine. It was fine. You know, it was well, fine. COVID release. We got to put some content out. It's not. It's not going to change my life for the better or for the worse. It's just there. It's there, and I, you know, it wasn't. I didn't necessarily feel like ideal about every single part of it, you know. But I was just like, this is kind of this is this is the move mm-hmm. that I got to make. And like two two weeks ago, the song just got used in this like in this Netflix show called Heartstopper, which is like based off this, I'd never heard of it, but it's like based off this comic. It's like super gay. It's British. Um, it's awesome. So you're saying the, the gay, the gay British graphic novel felt your song. Yes. And like everyone they had on the soundtrack was like, is, is really cool and cute. And they basically put the song in like one of the most important scenes in the Mm. show. It's like when the two, the two main characters kiss for the first time. And like since then, the song has been streaming like a hundred thousand streams a day. Well, let's go. And it was, I mean, it not, you know, it wasn't, it was, you know, decent, decent money. And the fact that it was kind of a happy song that I always felt like I didn't necessarily understand how to relate to, especially like about, you know, a person that I love that I wasn't in a relationship with anymore. And, you know, I just always felt like I could never really just commit to it. And now that it's in this show, 
like there's all these kids that are like this song sounds like this song sounds like happiness like it makes me you know like i'm crying like fucking like tears of joy you know and for me that takes away like all of the weirdness that i felt where i'm just like you know like it's doing the right thing. You are who this was meant for, you know, like, yeah, you're like, cool. I, I don't like the song myself, but I'm very glad <laughs> yeah. that some other young people out there do. Yeah. But you know what I do? We, we, you know, we, we've been rehearsing it today. We took it out of the set for a bit, but we have been playing it and it is a really, you know, you just play it and it's just a fucking good, fun little song. And when I, I'm actually really happy with that, it's back in the set. So it's like the whole thing is making me, fall in love with the song again and maybe i'll do a different version of it someday that that's, that's like cool, you know so you know if you want to do the remix album just let me know my a and r rates are not are not low but you know if i like the song we can talk yeah <laughs> yeah yeah that, that's what you that's what she needs jason is a is a them jeans produced uh remix no, no, album. I, i'm 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 getting the talent i'm not going to touch it <laughs> okay I understand. yeah yeah you're, you're you're more of a curator than an artist these days <laughs> the budgets aren't really that big i understand for, to have me come on the boards <laughs> oh i see i see for you to touch it price going i didn't want to have to go there mm. okay well th- i mean that's amazing congratulations and that's kind of like you know, you were you were talking at the beginning of the show about like it has to be viral. Mm-hmm. You know what happened to just making good music that I love? Mm-hmm. Um, why can't I just make that instead of you know let's make something that will make money yeah. and go viral, mm-hmm. which is you know an unfortunate kind of necessary evil in the world of being an artist that makes money and doesn't have to work at. Uh, the UPS store or whatever. So, but you're able to sort of create something viral that happens naturally, you know, and, and people really love and latch on to things when they go viral naturally. You can just feel it versus when it's been orchestrated or like mm. it went viral because the label spent eleven million dollars on Facebook ads for it to go viral or whatever. Like it's nice to see something organic happening in an inorganic way, if that makes sense. Yeah, totally. And it's like, you know, and if it touches them and if it affects affects their life and if they want to bring it into their life, like to me that is the point of of being a musician it's like this it's 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 like a weird communication that for whatever reason you feel the need to do and take these emotions and put them into a song and you got to get it to people i don't know why mm. i'm like this i don't know <laughs> i don't know what the whole i don't know the reason but i know that it feels great and i know that you know i've played a show in Nebraska that nobody came to, but one kid and his girlfriend came and brought the headstock of his guitar and asked me to sign it and asked how you write songs and start a band and, you know, stuff like that. Like the little, the little messages and like, the kids and like the people and and that kid harry styles that kid harry (laughs) styles it's nice to know that like one little thing that you did could change someone's life forever you know and you're kind of a dick if you don't do that people also like they're always like oh you know you know you might never read this or this doesn't matter and i'm like i think people also it would be nice for them to know that a lot of these times like you know them the messages they might be sending to these musicians really help them feel like they're not like worthless, like pieces of shit. You know what I mean? These losers are helping you too. Yeah. yeah these, I mean, you, Drake is responding <laughs> to those DMs for a reason. You know what I mean? He, he's, he's feeling the love. We're losers helping each other. Independent music. Losers helping each other. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> losers 
Losers mutually <laughs> losing together. We found a new way to have sex. <laughs> that's not based on our looks or our intelligence or our financial status. Well, actually, that reminds me. I was, I was reading a tweet that said going to Sunflower Bean seemed like a great idea until I realized I'm sealed in a room with every single person I've ever matched with on Tinder. <laughs> and that that leads me to ask what what is your crowd looking like have you ever been playing a show yourself and seen somebody that you have dated or matched with in the crowd you know new york is so big but it's also so small mm, okay. i mean you know exes are fucking everywhere you know it's just like they just no, no, yeah 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 in la they can spread out but in new york you guys are all in the same square block they find a way you know i don't i i, I guess it's i guess it's because we all have the same interests but you know the last time the last one of the most recent times i saw an ex of mine i was going to return something at best buy so it was in union square uh-huh. and i was wearing like my my most colorful you know it was de- it was in severe like <clears throat> do not look at me mode. and i had like you know like old makeup on and you know he was like pushing a like a cart or so it was just like the most what department did he work in <laughs> not carting okay. so 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 you're saying you were looking like shit and he was it was just no i was i think we we both look like shit it was just the most new york meetup like okay. someone having to like roll something extremely heavy and having to return something yeah. at the union square best buy <laughs> like of course uh-huh. that's where you run into an ex you know what i mean because i think my exes don't go to shows but you know it's that are my shows but um, that's the problem music fans can look like anything and they're down to mosh and podcast fans look like shit no 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 no. i love moshing and a sunflower bean show is a really it's it's a really good mosh pit because (laughs) it's like it'll go there but it won't you know you're not gonna get like fucked up you know you can mosh, but you're you at the end of the sure, day you will be sure, safe, sure, and sure. it's usually like the mosh is usually started and directed by a bunch of very cool girls. So I, I understand. So there's no head walking. Are you familiar with head walking, Julia? I am not, but it sounds like a mosh pit term. So it's basically <laughs> you instead of stage diving, you kind of walk out aggressively onto the crowd, feet first, and kind of step on people and see how far you can mm. see how far you can go. Right. Like if you're crossing a bridge over yeah. a small stream and there's little stones placed mm-hmm. for you to skip around, think of the stones as the top of different heads of mm-hmm. people wearing New Balances. Yeah, and that it it makes a lot of sense. I'm seeing the picture. I've seen. I've definitely. You know. I feel like I've definitely seen it happen. I've never pulled it off. Um, I've never tried. <laughs> you know. I do love diving into the crowd. I've had like. I remember the first time I like. I stage dived was at a Fiddler show at Bowery Ballroom. Wow. Friends of the show. I did it. The first two times were awesome. And then I went to do it a third time. And you can't like. You got greedy. You got greedy, didn't you? I got, gr- I got greedy. I overstayed my welcome. And, and I got nervous and started thinking too much. And then I jumped out and I kind of like landed sort of like. I, I, I landed on my head, the head. There was like a video of it. It was like a straight dive down. <laughs> and it like, and I got my neck and then I, um, then I ended up getting a, a tattoo and I can't, 
It's not one of my favorite ones, and I do think that it was impacted by the fact that I had just fallen on my head. So you're saying that so you're saying that you you went to a, you went to a Fiddler show, you staged of it didn't work out, you may got a small head injury, and that resulted in a tattoo. This is the most burger record shit I've ever heard in my life. I know, I know. It was it was, it was a burger moment. I, I went to like a I went to a tattoo shop in the West Village that was like open all night and it was like it smelled like so much weed. The guy that did my tattoo, like his eyes were crossing as he was doing it. Great. Okay. That that bodes well. So what is the tattoo? It's real it's a little it's just like a stupid little X that I got behind my ear. I can't even tell you why. You know, I, I guess some sort of like with X it, bro. I it. marks the spot, the spot of what is nothing. <laughs> that's not look look you're talking to two guys with plenty of tattoos there's there's look you you win some you lose some that that i've heard of much worse that's not no that a lot bad. i have a lot of i have a lot of very i haven't committed to like a very big outward tattoo are you so you're yeah you're yatted up though you've got some you got some stuff you got going, a bunch of little ones but you don't have your kind of eagle back piece that you're waiting on <laughs> you know what i literally i can't make this up i've been i've been talking about an eagle back piece really as like, a, as like an absolutely psycho crazy move i'm like to the band i've been like should i do it should i get like a bald fucking eagle um on my back you know i know a few girls that have like the whole back piece kind of thing and it is a certain type of person and you might fit that mold as well but it's it's not anything that you could ever put into words to describe it Mm. it's just some kind of powerful energy where you know you ben affleck a few other people they they have (laughs) they have that phoenix inside of them that needs to rise out right Ah! it's truly it's truly a vibe that i Definitely, I definitely don't need. No, I, look, I get. I, I think that's fine. I mean, I think it then it becomes the, the problem is when when people get tattoos that are extremely noticeable and large, they start to dress differently to show them off. Yeah, and I think that's like if you start wearing a bunch of backless tops, right. you know what I mean? That's that's more of a cry. It's like the guy that gets the neck tattoo and he only wears V necks. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like you can't. You, that's the that's worse than the, the the tattoo itself, in my opinion. It's true. Well, I mean, also like I, I, it's hard to say now because of because of how different modeling is. But like when I started too, you know, you would have to like you would have to list all the tattoos that you had, and sh- mm-hmm. you know, you'd you'd kind of like have to ask for approval if you were like really serious about it because they wouldn't want you to be all tied up. So I think mm-hmm. from back then, I was just like, oh, you know, getting tattoos will be more trouble than it's worth. I don't want to have to get it fucking approved. It'll make my career that much harder. I can't be in the makeup chair with for three hours with Pat. She doesn't have time for that. <laughs> she she does not have time to cover up some dumb little thing that I got while, you know, obviously jumping off of someone <laughs> jumping off a stage. Um, no, I like I like the back piece for you. I think you should do once you get that first milli in the bank, mm-hmm. then then you say fuck it, get the get the full eagle back piece. Do you guys think that tramp stamps are gonna come back? I think they are Already are. Have you been? It sounds like you guys have been seeing some. Oh yeah, for sure, well, for sure. Jason's Mostly seen, on my Jason's seen a lot. Jason's yeah. Jason's seen a lot more than me, if you know what I'm saying. But I, what I don't. The fuck, I don't bro? Think Come that, on. <laughs> no, but I mean, I think that if 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 low if, if like low rise jeans are coming back and all of that nasty shit from like the early 2000s, I think nothing you know drives that home more than a tramp stamp really nothing nasty about that chris i i don't that's just good wholesome horny fun <laughs> yeah that's a good 
That's a good point. Are you? If, are you? Have you considered the the tramp stamp? And if so, do you know what type of art you would want to throw on there? You know, if I'm two psychotic breaks away from the eagle back piece, I'm probably like I'm probably like eight psychotic breaks away from the tramp stamp. But <laughs> okay. um, I I feel like I've seen some really I've seen some designs lately. Like I've seen some people doing it, and I was like, oh, it's kind of kind of back mm-hmm. in like a kind of cool. In a cool way, and I'm sure. And then compared to the this last time tramp stamps were around, there's no way people will end up regretting it this time around. It'll this this time it's going to stick. No, <laughs> no. This this yeah, time exactly, this yeah. is the time. This is this time it's worth. Look, I think if you put the right thought <laughs> it's, into it's it, you're the right type of person. It matches your personality and spirit. You know, I think it's. I think it can work. I think it can be sexy, but it's also you know the level of difficulty is there. Not anyone can just load up and be like all right give me the fucking the devil wings or you know the keep on trucking or whatever butterfly thing you want like <laughs> it's very risky but if you can pull it off yeah no absolutely plus it's a you know it's a it's a it's a big flat piece of of real estate it's true it's true all right it looks like i gotta go yeah julia thank you for joining us on how long gone uh the new sunflower bean album is in stores now correct it is in stores now it is out it came out on friday so this is the first week all right julia have fun best of luck on tour and uh we'll see you soon yay thank you guys so much i had so much fun 